What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the podcast. This is going to be a part one of two parts where we're talking about dynasty running backs. We're going through our top 24. There might actually end up being 25 backs that we talk about, but for the most part, it's our top 24 dynasty running backs. We divide it all up into tiers. So this first episode is going to be our top 12, might end up being 13. Again, it's in tiers. It's not necessarily one through 12. But we've got our top 12, give or take, in this one. The next episode later this week will be 13 through 24. We also talk in this one a lot about the divisional playoff games, get into some Brock Purdy, some Mahomes, some Allen, all kinds of fun stuff in this episode. Uh, make sure you leave a rating and review on the episode if you enjoy it. We appreciate it. We say it, try to say it every episode, but it helps us out so much. And uh, it's about the easiest thing you can do to show your support if you want to do that. It takes about 30 seconds. Just go down there at the bottom, hit a little rating, leave a review. We appreciate it. That's all the housekeeping items. Let's hop into this part one of our Dynasty Running Back Rankings with Ben. This is, this is a football podcast, man. Meat, football, good. Ben, we talk football. Meat burgers. <laughs> ben, holy cow. Divisional, divisional matchups. A lot oh, of playoff things have gone down. Did we record prior or after the, the wildcard matchups? Did we get any of that in the last time we talked? Fantasy I think football? we did because we did the we did the award show. I think. Okay, that's right. That was. It feels that. like it's yeah. been a hot minute. It had. It feels like it. It hasn't been. We've just aged have... a lot from these divisional matchups. <laughs> we have a lot went I down. Um, I did. Hurt my heart you... Sunday night. Honestly, dude, it made me sad. Josh Allen came up small it, once it again hurt for me. you. It hurt me bad, dude. <laughs> I, I like Patrick Mahomes. Do not get me wrong, and I'm not going to argue that Patrick Mahomes is not the greatest player. Or it, he's pushing the goat argument as it sits right now, and he is by far and away the best player in football as it sits. I just love Josh Allen. He is my personal favorite player. I've always liked Josh Allen. I liked him in college. I was like super high on him the whole time. I just I'm a big fan. I just want him to get through once, man. Let the man. He needs. He deserves it. Man has man played lights out, and just just couldn't get it done, man. Makes yeah, it's it's so. Uh, like I was reading a a column this morning. I think it was Benjamin Solak's column for the Ringer, and he was just talking about how Mahomes is better than Allen, but the difference is not enormous, and not- we like. Mahomes has these great performances in the playoffs that we talk about and point to and say that's greatness. And Allen does too. The problem is Mahomes' like highlights and performances are attached to wins. They're attached to um, success, whereas Josh Allen's are attached to ghosts because they are not attached to wins. And so they just sort of fade away. And with Mahomes, it like every time he wins these big games, especially against... Josh Allen's of the world, or Joe Burrow's of the world, or Lamar Jackson's. If he's he does only beaten that. Joe once. 
Yeah, he hadn't done it much. Um, but like every single time he gets a win like this, it just sort of adds to the legend. Whereas with Josh Allen, it's like, man, if only he could get one. He just he yeah. can't seem to to put it all together. And it it makes me mad when I hear people talk crap about Josh Allen. And like some of it, I'll I'll give you. The dude turns the ball over a lot, but he doesn't in the playoffs. Like I think his touchdown to interception ratio is almost as good as like as Patrick Mahomes. I think he's thrown like one or two more interceptions in the playoffs than Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't have the same amount of touchdowns, obviously, because he hasn't played as many games. But like he is, he shows up for the playoffs. And people talk junk like he hasn't gotten it done. I'm like, okay, well, two years ago, I'm sorry, but when you throw a, a game-winning <laughs> touchdown with 13 seconds to go, he got it done. That his yeah. teammates let him down. His defense let him down. His coach let him down. That's that is not on him. Dude did everything you had to do to win the game. Even this year, like I thought like he played he played great. He did what he yeah. had. I think he himself. He did what he had to do to win that game. Again, he got let down by his teammates. Three huge drops. I mean, it, think about this. If they win that game and he completes that bomb to Stefan Diggs, I think that goes down as one of the all-time great playoff plays of all time. I mean, yeah. he threw that ball 70 yards on the money into a breadbasket for Diggs, and he dropped it. So... Yeah. I mean, I I think the dude has he he has what it takes to beat Mahomes. I think he's played well enough to beat Mahomes. It's it's just never happened for him. I'm, and I'm not taking away from Patrick Mahomes cuz Patrick Mahomes he's done it. He does he it every incredible. time. Yeah. Yeah, so cuz we're and, talking about and, Allen being great sorry. and like Allen they punted twice. So the Buffalo Bills on offense were fantastic for the most part. And it came down to the fact that they only punted twice and on the final drive of the game, they they work down the field. Oh, and on top of all this, they have like three or four 75-yard touchdown drives. Not four. They had several, a couple, 10 well, nobody plus had plays, ever done that again. Yards. Nobody had done that against the Chiefs this year. They did it multiple times. There you go. So they have these long drives. They're scoring, and then everybody tenses up in the fourth quarter, and then... Um, on that final drive, they don't score the touchdown. And, like, if you're going to point to anything that's, like, not quite... And it's not even, like, he was small in a big moment. Like, he, I felt like, made plays and got them down the field and was, like, converting on third downs. He did fumble, and, like, if Kansas City recovered that, I mean, we're killing Josh Allen afterwards because you can't fumble in in that big spot. But it doesn't turn into a turnover... You know, you dodge the bullet of the fake punt because Kansas City doesn't capitalize, and then you miss the field goal. I don't know how you felt about that field goal, but to be honest with you, as I, soon I don't as care. well, see people, I people felt like on Tyler as soon Bass as, as they happened. said, see, I thought the decision to kick a field goal meant they were going to lose regardless because there was like a minute plus yeah. on the clock. Patrick, that's what they, exactly they, what I was about to say. Like, if he makes that field goal, they still lose. Like, Mahomes yeah. is going to go down and win. A big whoop. Like, them missing the field goal just means that they lost sooner than they would have lost anyway, in my mind. Yeah. So, I yeah, don't know. I, Mahomes I, was incredible. I listened to a lot of, like, talking heads, and nobody was like, my bro, you cannot blame Tyler Bass. Like, yes, he missed a 40-yard field goal. Should you have made that? Yes. They would have lost anyway. They had not stopped <laughs> the Chiefs one time on defense. 
And I, I guess technically they did. They stopped him right before half when they ran one play with 13 seconds to go before the half. And then, and then McCole um, Hardman fumbled in the McCole end McCole Hardman fumbled. But, like, I don't consider that, like, real stops. Like, you had a fluke fumble and the play before half, which doesn't count. So, like, realistically, your defense did not stop the Chiefs one time. No. Here's two crazy stats for you. The Chiefs did not punt a single time, and Patrick Mahomes had more 20-plus yard pass plays than he did incompletions. I believe that. That'll do it. And, and what's crazy is, I think they said this has never happened in the in the uh, playoffs before, is Josh Allen had the ball for like 36 minutes to the Chiefs at 22 minutes, and or whatever the math is. I know the, I know the Bills had 36 minutes. And the Chiefs ran. A, these are like not exact, but I know I know it's really close because I listened to it. The Chiefs ran like forty-eight plays, I think, and the Bills ran like seventy-eight plays. So they dominated time of possession and plays, and still the Chiefs, the Chiefs were able to make it pull it out, man. Yeah, they were able to get it done. Mahomes was incredible. Travis Kelsey sort of like raised himself out of the coffin and was yeah, awesome. Thanks, for, thanks now, Travis. I needed this in the fantasy playoffs, not the real ones. It's a little bit late, wasn't it? God. Um, do you have any thoughts on Brock Purdy, Jordan Love? I don't think we even really need to mention the, the Ravens-Texans other than to say the future is incredibly bright for the Texans. Yeah. They're awesome, and the Ravens are a juggernaut. Past that, yeah, I don't the, even know if the there's Texans much shouldn't have. Nobody expected the Texans to be here anyway. So honestly, just great season for them. Yeah, they're they're going to be just fine. I think it's more interesting to talk more about Brock Purdy. I guess on the one hand, yeah, I don't know how you feel about Brock Purdy just as the 49ers quarterback. I feel like in a big spot at some point. From here on out, they're going to need Brock Purdy to be amazing, and he's going to be good. But they're going to need amazing, and he's not going to be amazing, and we're going to be like, man, they are they are almost there. And Brock Purdy is fine. He's good, but he's not, he's not quite enough. I feel like he's a slightly better version of what they have with Jimmy Garoppolo, where he's really good. I- but you need something extra in the fourth quarter that he can't quite deliver for you. And and you're like, man, we are in a pickle. I have I have different differing thoughts on it. Because I, I think he is definitely a step above Jimmy Garoppolo personally. I, I don't think there's I think there's a gap between those two because Jimmy's never done what Brock Purdy's done with San Francisco. He never has. So Brock Purdy, I think, is considerably better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he a system quarterback? Yeah, but I've also seen him step up this season. He stepped up against the Packers. They had to go down and take the lead late in the game from the Packers, and Brock Purdy did exactly that. And that was him that stepped up on that drive. But was that Brock Purdy making plays, or was that like he's surrounded by studs? No, Debo, but like... None of those pass. Okay, here was my point of view, and you can feel free to tell me I'm a moron, but I felt like there was not any moment or throw where I was like, "Oh wow, Brock Purdy just made a play." It was like see, you throw not, a quick little three yard out, and it turns into ten yard. Like it's it was not anything. I don't know. It was just like okay, yeah, they scored. 
But there's there was a difference to me between Josh Allen making big plays against the Kansas City's defense and sort of like willing his team that's down not, the field. That's not fair. <laughs> you Maybe can't it's compare not. him to Josh Allen. Maybe it's Are not you fair. Crazy. But there was a huge difference, and I know the 49ers won, but there was a difference. Brock Purdy is just like, he's facilitating. He's sort of like tossing it to his amazing players, and his amazing players make plays. But like, Brock Purdy doesn't make plays. And he does it better than anyone we have ever seen in Shanahan's offense do it. No, that's true. It's, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and argue with you that he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. I'm not going to argue that he should be in the NFL or MVP conversation. No, I, I I agree with you there. He's like the sixth, seventh best player on their offense. But in that offense, in that system, is he a system quarterback? Yes. But in that system, he is flawless. I mean, he's phenomenal. He, he's he plays system. that system better than anyone we've ever seen. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I am, I don't know, being emotional. I just feel like in a, there will come a moment when Brock Purdy has to go make a play and Brock Purdy can't make a play. And, and we should have just kind of known that all along, but we didn't because of all the numbers. And we were sort of just like not bewitched into thinking he's something that he's not, but, but maybe we think he's a little bit something that he's not. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm necessarily saying he's something he's not. I know exactly what he is, but in that system, he's all he needs to be. He is a, He is exactly what Kyle Shanahan was looking for. That's true. That's definitely true. Kyle Shanahan and, got the perfect quarterback for what like, he wanted to do. Sometimes, like, if that's your guy, not not to everyone else, but to you, that's your best player because he, he is what... Shanahan wants, and if that's what he wants, then I, you can't doubt him. No, that's fair. That's a good point. Like, he is, yeah, he's the definition of the type of quarterback Kyle Shanahan wants running his system, which I guess you take take that for Shanahan what it's doesn't, worth. Shanahan doesn't, he doesn't want a Trey Lance, which is, and I, I'm not saying so Trey Lance. They drafted him. But, like, a playmaker, like. Obviously, you know, some of the greats would, would do fine there. Like, you know, you put Patrick Mahomes on San Francisco. I mean, of course they would be never lose a game. But, like, Shanahan doesn't want a playmaker back there. And what I mean by that is, like, he doesn't need somebody to scramble out of the pocket or buy time with his legs and all this stuff. Like, he just needs a guy in there who's going to do exactly what Shanahan tells him and exactly what they off- distribute to the right person at the right time. And that's yeah. all he wants. Yeah, that's true. Um, this is a dynasty running backs show. They got hijacked by the NFL playoffs, but I don't think anybody's complaining. I'm not, because that was fun. That's a lot. We got a big one, too. Oh, I have one more one more question. And the only reason I ask this is because I'm, I'm curious to hear other people's opinions, because I heard it on TV, and I'm like, that's okay. really interesting. Does It's Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes. And... You can you can argue who who you think is better team wise. I think obviously the Ravens are way better, but um, does this mean more? Does this game affect Patrick Mahomes' legacy if he loses at all in your mind? No, 
I agree. Because we've seen Tom Brady lose AFC championships. Tom Tom lost Super Bowls. Yeah, and you're looking you're looking at the but two I think teams, this, and I I think everybody looking on paper at this matchup says the Ravens have a better team. They definitely do. And they're, it's the AFC Championship. It's not like we're in the wild card. So, like, they did win two playoff games to get here, and they're playing a team that I think everybody agrees up and down the roster is better. I think it's only pluses if you win and not necessarily minuses if you lose. This game has a much, much bigger effect on Lamar Jackson's legacy. Yes. If Lamar loses this one, he's... He, I think he's going to plummet down people's like quote unquote legacy standings versus if he wins this, you're going to have people who shoot him above Josh Allen and all those guys. It's going to be big. I don't know. I think there will be some people if they lose that are dropping him. And it might too depend on how he plays. Like if he goes out and lays an egg, a stinker, obviously yeah. that doesn't help matters. But if he plays really well and they lose, like, are we gonna be are we gonna be too hard on him? Because at the end of the day, it's it is Patrick Mahomes. And I think there is an element of in these sorts of games, the the average fan needs to look at it like just you cannot doubt Patrick Mahomes. And if he happens to not come through for you, just be surprised. But but don't doubt that he can get it done. Patrick Mahomes, I think, I mean, it's it never matters what's going on because it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's. But also, I think there is a scenario to where this. I think there's kind of two ways this game could play out. If it's a close game, which it should be, like I, I'll be surprised if the Chiefs lose a close game. Honestly, just because they have Mahomes, I think Lamar could could beat him in a close game. I just think the Ravens, top to bottom, are like just so much better than than pretty much everybody else. Like they could, they could put some distance between them and the Chiefs, like score wise. Like they could. I think they could be if there is a team to do it, they can keep Mahomes at bay enough with their defense to yeah. where like they can win this game like thirty to seventeen. Absolutely. Yeah, with their run game and their defense, they could they could make this really ugly. And that is sort not of a the knock same on Mahomes. Way that That's just went. like top to bottom on paper, they should be able to do that. Yeah. And I guess we do need to keep in mind the Buffalo Bills defense was Swiss cheese. Buffalo was they had, up. They didn't have Gabe Davis either. That's I think that is a bigger thing than people realize. I'm sure it probably was. They had like three healthy linebackers. And I wish I was exaggerating, but I don't even think that's hyperbole. I think they legitimately no. had three healthy linebackers. I think they were down seven defensive starters. That's seven. That's worth thinking about. When we look and say, oh, wow, can't the, the Chiefs just shredded them. It there might have been some reason for that beyond the fact that they're just incredible, which they are. Yeah. I don't want to take away from them, but there there were some circumstances that may have kind of helped that a little bit. Yeah. And nobody talks about this. Can we put some blame on Sean McDermott? Like, everybody wants to blame Josh Allen and say, like, he's his legacy but with him versus Mahomes. I'm like, the coaches, coaching is way different, too. Like, Mahomes has got Andy Reid. I have no faith in Sean McDermott to win a big game. <laughs> they haven't I mean, seriously, done it. I don't. Yeah, they they win all the ones that don't matter, but when it comes to the for all the marbles game, they can't get it done. Joker ran a fake punt with Demar Hamlin. He did. They did have ten men on the field, 
So? You know. <laughs> You're on your own 30. <laughs> it was it was an interesting decision, to say the least. In that moment, in that spot, I don't know, even if there were 10 men, if I would have had the balls to say, yeah, go, go, go for it. That was with, uh, with DeMar Hamlin, of all people, too. I don't know. We are 18 minutes we're, into this thing. We have not yeah, talked about a single dynasty running back. This is supposed to be like the culmination of the offseason. Like everybody loves rankings. And this is yeah. dynasty rankings. Everybody loves it. This is running backs. Like the the premier position to rank because it's so polarizing for everybody. And we have done nothing but talk about the playoffs. Yeah. Well, uh, let's hop over to running backs. We'll go from 1 to 12. How does that sound? Or should we go 12 to 1? I think there's uh, no drama at the top, so we should go one no, to twelve. No, there's. You and I have convictions about different players, but for the most part, it's kind of agreement. All right, we split this into tiers. In tier one, we have three names. You can probably nobody guess. will be surprised to hear the <laughs> names. They are Bijan Robinson, Brees Hall, and Jameer Gibbs. How do you have those three ordered in your mind, Ben? I have Gibbs ahead of Brees, but Bijan above both. I think there's a legitimate argument that you could put Gibbs over Bijan. I don't necessarily agree with it just because I think Bijan overall is a better player. Um, but I, I don't hate the argument either. If you want to put Gibbs at one, I'll, I'll agree with you. You and I both agree Bijan should be there. I have seen people argue for Brees at one. I don't yeah. necessarily agree, but again, I think it is close enough to where, look, if you and your personal rankings want to put Brees at one, fine, go for it. But all of them are in the same, pretty much equal value in tier one. I think I've still got Bijan at one. I have Gibbs and Brees as like 2A, 2B. I don't, I think if you, depending on the day of the week, you might get a different answer from me. And even with Bijan above the other two, they are, they're not interchangeable because I do think they have different trade values. And that might be to what I default to on this. I think Bijan has a higher trade value. And even yeah. that could be wrong. Like, depending on your league, Gibbs might be the RB1 in terms of trade value. So, like, it's going to vary a lot, but it's going to be some order of these three. And I think I think we need to expect regression to the mean for Bijan Robinson in that he's going to be used more than just like an ancillary piece in this offense. He's going to be used like what he was drafted to be, which was to be great. Brees Hall gets used how you want your stud running backs to be used. He gets a million targets. He had 95 targets last season, uh, basically 600 yards. He averaged four and a half yards a carry on the league's worst offense. The only thing with him is he did all of this. He finished as the PPR running back two, and he had nine total touchdowns. He had five rushing touchdowns. So Brees could have been just ridiculous last season if the Jets' offense wasn't the literal worst offense in the league. And I think that there's room for that to improve, obviously, with Aaron Rodgers coming back. And I think the Jets are going to definitely uh, make some moves in the offseason to address that offense. So 
there's there's reasons for optimism there going into next season, even off a season when he was the RB two. And Gibbs, like you turn on a game and you go, wow, that he's incredible. And yep. he's going to still be splitting work with Dave Montgomery, but he's going to be in a great offense again. I think he's going to be the 1A to the to Montgomery's 1B next season. And that could, those roles could even separate further than what they got to uh, come playoff time now with, uh, with Gibbs and Montgomery. So different strokes for different folks. I think there's an argument to be made for all three at RB1, and it's kind of preference. If there's for an me, argument for all three, then you that's just tier one, is all three yeah. of them, whichever so one they you all, like. They all end up in the same tier, and it's kind of like, I don't know, whatever you want. It, I don't I don't have too much to say other than that. Yeah. Uh, you're, splitting, you're splitting hairs when you're ranking these three guys. They are all unbelievable talents, elite talents. Bo- all three have elite roles. Or hopefully Bijan will next season, um, if they can get a coach who's not a complete douche. Yeah. And and yeah, uh, not not too much else to say here. If you have one of these three guys, you feel pretty good. Yeah. Tier two. This is I think now we're getting interesting. We have in I call the same this tier. I call this second contract, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's. Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor. How would you have those two ranked, Ben? Because I think we uh, we differ here. From a dynasty perspective, I I have Taylor ahead of McCaffrey. Just because they're both on second contracts, Taylor's three years younger. Yeah. He is. It's not like Christian McCaffrey's old. But yes, Taylor's three years younger. He's not yet 28. He's going to be 28 by next season, but. I don't know. They're they're very similar to me. If you're, these I will say are more towards contending pieces than rebuilding, be- rebuilding pieces, but they're so good that I think they're, they're the clear four and five, whichever you prefer, uh, Ranking-wise, in your own dynasty opinion, I personally have Taylor at four. You have him at five. McCaffrey ahead of him. But I I think them both in this tier is acceptable. Jonathan Taylor, once he's healthy and they got Anthony Richardson back, I think this offense is going to explode next season. I'm going to be very in on the Colts offense. I'll just go ahead and prep everybody for that now. I am very excited for that team. So, yeah, I'm going to be high on Jonathan Taylor, but Christian McCaffrey ain't going anywhere. He was just the RB1. I will say nobody's ever, or some people have repeated, but it's been, I don't remember. Has anybody ever repeated as RB1? It's been a while. Um, not it's been a long in, time. Not in like the quote-unquote modern era of fantasy football has somebody repeated as the RB1. So like that being like the last five or six years. If, I mean, these are these are my dynasty rankings because I think that the, uh, I mean, obviously we know their long-term value is still there, but these five guys we've talked about so far, these will be my redraft rankings as well. In some, some form of these five guys is also my redraft rankings. Yeah. So I expect this to be the top five, assuming everybody stays healthy, of running backs. 
Yeah, I think with McCaffrey, you're going to find a lot of people that have him RB1, RB2 in Dynasty just because the production premium, it was insane. I mean, he was so far and away better than everybody else. And other players had good seasons, but McCaffrey was, I think, 100 points clear in PPR of the RB2. It was a it was a significant gap. And Jonathan Taylor, we have seen him be the RB1. He's been an incredible player before. He was pretty good down the stretch last season as well, and the offense should be a lot better. I agree with that. So I would have McCaffrey over Taylor, but um, that one may be a, a depend on who you ask too. I think McCaffrey's definitely more of a contending piece, and his value's probably never going to be as high as it is right now from here on out no, I, for the rest of his career. Yeah, I do so, think, I mean, his value's going to dip from here on out. Yeah. It's sort of like buying a new car. Like the saying is say, you buy honestly, a car I'd say and the same it drops thing. in value. Yeah. I'd say the same thing for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he just signed his new contract. So I think for several years, yeah, he's going to be really good. But he's no longer in the conversation where that's why Gibbs, Brees, and Bijan are all in tier one. Because yeah. I can buy them and know that their value is insulated for a long time. Whereas McCaffrey and Taylor, their value is insulated, but your timeline is is much shorter. Yeah. Tier three. We've got one, one player in tier three one by guy. himself. And I guess we just feel like he is just a slight step lower than McCaffrey and Taylor. But he's in a similar spot in his career and in his production. Uh, but it, it's just not quite to that level. We've got Travis Etienne in a tier by himself in tier three. Yeah. I think it's not saying that Travis Etienne is a bad player. I think his situation is is different. Yes. He's he's still on his rookie contract, which which you like to see. But And it's a first round contract. It is a first round contract, so I think they still have two years of control over him. Uh but it's it's just kind of it's kind of strange. He was very, very streaky this year. Um, kind of inconsistent. He did win me one championship with his blow-up week in Week 17, so I appreciate him for that. That was uh, nice. I guess my question is more with the Jags' offense than him. Jaguars' offense is very inconsistent. Yeah, they had the second worst run blocking offensive line according to PFF this past season. I think that's got something to do with it. <laughs> yeah, the, I didn't uh, know it was that. I knew it was bad. I didn't know if it was that bad. Yeah, so the teams that they're around in terms of run blocking, uh, the Chargers were the worst run blocking line. Um, Jaguars second worst. You've got Giants, Buccaneers, Panthers, Jets in this sort of package down there at the bottom. So. That's that's part of the issue with ETN is that obviously his offensive line is terrible. I think that they're going to address it, and I think it's going to be better next season. Um, but even two years ago, he was really good, and there was still questions because he wasn't quite getting pass catching. He got pass catching this past season. That improved. But then the yards per carry, it was either he had a 70-yard run and sort of salvaged your day, and scored some touchdowns, or it was like 14 carries for 35 yards. So yeah. 
it wasn't always super consistent on the ground. And I think that's that's where you have some questions with him. I still think he's a really good player. And I think that there's definitely room for for this to improve next season yeah. if they address the offensive line. And honestly, like Trevor Lawrence, I don't know how good Trevor Lawrence is, to be honest with you. And I think that I was, also factors in. We'll probably I'm I'm very interested to discuss Trevor Lawrence when we get to here in a couple of weeks in the dynasty when we rank quarterbacks. Um because Trevor Lawrence was offered to me in a dynasty league a few uh probably like last week or something like that and I ended up saying no and the quarterback I was exchanging may surprise you so we'll we might leave that one for a later date but I lost track of what I was saying but yeah I Trevor Lawrence is weird <laughs> I don't remember uh, exactly what we were saying I got distracted <laughs> all right we'll jump down to tier four um these players happen to both be Amazing for fantasy football, yet there's these a couple the, questions. These marks. are the tiny but mighty. <laughs> Tier four, we got Kyron Williams and Devon Achan. For different reasons, beats. they land in, in tier four. For different reasons, there's reasons to be optimistic. Um, how do you feel about these two? Extremely difficult to decide on. I'll be honest with you. They are, I would consider these two of the most polarizing names in, in fantasy. Because Kyron Williams does not have the draft capital, so you could easily see him getting replaced. But my gosh, he was so incredibly good this year. He also is not, he's not very big, so that he you know, has similar concerns as you would have with guys like A-Chain in this, in this same tier. Like He's got durability issues, same at A-Chain. But when they're on the field, they just produce. So... That that's that's kind of where I'm at, and my issue with A chain is was was more of the the size concerns and the ability to handle a full workload, and he was injured um, a lot his rookie season. But when he's full speed, my gosh! Yeah, he okay. A chain first. A chain broke every single performance metric that you can find for rushing, like. Performance-wise, he is the greatest player of all time. No one he, should be able to do this. He's insane. Absolutely insane. I think it it's the the number one... Mike McDaniel one, knows what to do with a fast player. He does. He does. He had the number one season in yards after contact per attempt ever that I could find with like a minimum of 100 carries. He had 100 carries for 800 yards. 100 carries for 800 yards <laughs> and eight touchdowns. That's absolutely that. ridiculous. That You'll is insanity. That. He had a 200-yard rushing game in week three against Denver. Um, to be fair, Mostert had like 160. <laughs> I don't know how much Mostert had in that game. Mostert scored a bunch of touchdowns. Denver gave up like 700 yards of offense. I've never Mostert seen had, a pro team do that. <laughs> Mostert had 80 yards rushing that game. Okay. He just scored four touchdowns, but also H-Hand scored four touchdowns in that game Lord. as well. H-Hand's <laughs> first three games where he played at least 40% of the snaps, he had 100 yards rushing. Um, Ain't bad. And it, it it wasn't bad. It was not bad at all. He, he was very good. He was really good as a pass catcher, too. 
the thing with A-Chan was, yes, the size. He's 188 pounds. Um, that's bigger than what he was at the Combine. I think he was like a hundred and <laughs> like 180 at the Combine. And he ended up he's, getting up to 188. He's still like 40 pounds behind all the other guys, most of the other guys on this list. But so what what if Devon Achan gets up to Kyron Williams number where he's like 195? If he can put on another eight pounds and maintain that at 5'9, 195, then you're like, okay. The BMI is in a decent enough space where there's a chance he could maintain some some workload. And Mostert well, is going to be If he could do 32. that, he jumps to Tier 2. He jumps ETN in my mind. Okay. Yeah. I'm okay with that. With Kyron Williams, the question for me is purely uh, draft capital, is team investment. Yeah. Because I got burned He's by James Robinson. Runner. Yeah. James Robinson you, you was know of all amazing. People. I, I know it very well. James Robinson was incredible, and then they went and drafted Travis Etienne. So there was no reason to. No reason whatsoever that they needed to draft a running back, and they did. I don't want to put it past the Rams to go draft a running back. I mean, maybe they go get... The running backs in this class suck. <laughs> yeah, but what if they go get Blake Corum or Braylon Allen or somebody in the fourth I round? I don't think one of those guys starts over Kyron, though. I think no, but maybe just he eats into the are. workload. I don't. Oh, I yeah, don't think there's happen. anybody that coming in that's going to steal his job. But if somebody eats into the workload, and you're looking at Kyron going, "Oh, you were incredible a year ago. You had all the work, all the touchdowns. You were great." And then it goes to now you have seventy percent of the work. I don't know. Those are my questions with Kyron. That aside, he was very, very, very good for fantasy football this year. Yeah, I agree. I will also be be wary of potential free agents because there are some decent free agents this year at running back. Yes. They're older guys, but there are going to be some names that are out there and available. Yeah, I think we're at the we're not quite at the point where we have questions about guys getting replaced, but you know, I guess it could happen. I don't want to say it won't I, happen because because I've been wrong before. Kyron, Kyron's weird to me because I would, if I'm betting on Kyron, I'm a contending team because I don't trust Kyron to have multiple years of success left. I think he's going to be good next year. I, I expect him to regress some. I will say that. I don't expect this level of production, but I think he's still going to be good next year. Now, beyond that, I don't trust him. Yeah, with him, you sort of take it year by year. Just because of the team investment, like he was good, he performed, but performing doesn't necessarily mean that when the bill comes due, the team is going to pay it. James Conner had like 3,000 yards, not James Conner, James Robinson had like 3,000 yards in his first two seasons, <laughs> and I think he's unemployed now. Yeah, he's not even in the league. <laughs> it's very sad uh, what happened that to That sucks James for him, Robinson. honestly. That's, that, 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 honestly, it doesn't feel right. Like That is not fair to running backs. I think he tore his Achilles. I think that's where that one went. Yeah, but he was he was already a, a bench guy at that point. Yeah. I feel I feel really bad for James Robinson. I think he was like already on the Patriots and backing up Ramondre Stevenson when he tore his Achilles. Oh jeez. Uh any thoughts on tier four before we hop back into tier five? Nope. Uh that's why I like I said, I think that's the this is the most polarizing tier for me. But I agree. Nothing, nothing other than that. Tier five, we have tier five Isaiah Pacheco, 
James Cook, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, and DeAndre Swift. How do you want to you break could this argue, one down? You could argue this one more polarizing, too, because this is this one's strange. There's, uh, there's some names in here, and they are in different stages of their careers, and trying to figure yeah. out how they're valued against one another is very... It's very difficult. Yeah. Pacheco and Cook have the youth on their side. They have the fact that they are on their rookie contracts on their side. Jacobs, Barkley, and Swift. They're both very good players. I think Jacobs, Barkley, and Swift have the fact that they, I think they're better on their side. Yeah, so Pacheco and Cook, for me, are very similar in that they're both very good runners, they're very efficient runners, and they were very good in PPR leagues this past season. The question with them, both of them, is that neither one is the focal point of the team's offense. With the Chiefs, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes in the passing game. So Pacheco is always going to be kind of adjacent to the passing game. And James Cook is always going to be adjacent to Josh Allen, no matter what. So I think they have a cap ceiling, both of them, where they can't necessarily leap into the workhorse roles that some of these guys above them have, but they're very, very they, good, and they have they good actively, team investment in them. Actively put James or James Cook in a workhorse role, and this was – this is not saying he's bad, but this was as good as he could get with Josh Allen, was when they yeah. like actively were like, we are going to feed James Cook. I think he was, he was second or third. PPR. Okay, so he's RB12, and he was second or third in the league in rushing. Yeah. So he had 13, he just, 13 and a half points per game. Uh, that's, that's pretty good. Which, honestly, and you'll probably appreciate this, great on James Cook and potentially good news for Devon A-Chain because James Cook, we did not think, could handle a workhorse role. He is like a buck 90. Yeah. He's not a big That guy. is very true. We definitely did not think that he could. I don't know how, how many carries did he ended up end up with this year? He had 237. Oh my goodness. Imagine Devon yards, getting 230 uh, carries in a season. You would love that, wouldn't you? I would love that. I mean, you look at the career arcs. I don't know if I don't know if you can project anything based on James Cook. He is 5'11, 190, you're right. He had 91 carries in his rookie season, was very efficient, 5.7 yards a carry. And then it jumps up to 237, 4.7 yards a carry in year two. Only six touchdowns, is though. 31 years old. Yeah. I feel like I'm about to give you false hope, aren't I? How about Devon H.A.? I'm going to – oh, geez. I don't even want to go there. It's just – it's don't terrifying. Don't go down that path, Josh. You're just going to get hurt. It's scary. It's just going to hurt uh, you. <laughs> Jacobs and Barkley, uh, very similar situations. Free agents, they could go way up or way down, I think, depending on where they land and and what this next season looks like for them. Same thing for DeAndre Swift. You're right. Yeah. No, I forget. He is also all, a free all agent. All three free agents. Yeah. Yeah. Where are situations where they could go and be awesome? Uh <sighs> You're going to play the, the Dreamland scenario for me? Yeah. Uh, my personal Dreamland scenario is DeAndre Swift goes to the Chargers. Pair mm. that man up. Let him be the new Austin Eckler. Oh, my gosh. 
honestly, any one of these three going to Chargers would yeah, be great. Any of them to the Chargers would be awesome. What about yeah. Chicago? Mm, I don't like Chicago. Maybe okay. with Caleb Williams. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, well, but I, mean, I don't know if they're going to get Caleb Williams at this point. Okay. Let's not... Let's, let's just be honest. They're they're going to draft Caleb Williams. Much as we would like them to maybe build around Justin Fields, they're going to draft Caleb Williams. They probably should. I'm just... I'm not 100% confident it's going to happen. Because like Caleb Williams has outright said he doesn't want to play for Chicago. And again, I'm not predicting they don't. Like They should probably take him. But there's there's still some some balls up in the air that I'm like, yeah, I, I don't I don't want to confidently say it's going to happen yet. Yeah. I don't know that there's a whole lot of slam dunk running back openings, but you're right. The Chargers are one of them. I'm trying to think I if mean, there's Swift any I mean, Swift is a free agent from the Eagles. He only scored six touchdowns, but, I mean, he was ridiculously efficient behind that offensive line. So if he can score a few more touchdowns or if maybe he leaves and, like, if Josh Jacobs signed with the Eagles, I mean, I think he would be he would be phenomenal there. Just get them a power back with Jacobs, he'd be great. Yeah. I still think you'd be the uh, RB2 on the goal line because Jalen Hurts will get all those, unless yeah, they get rid of the tisk push or something. There. But I would love that. Love yeah, it. I would not mind love it for fantasy. It. We can get some of these running backs some, some rushing touchdowns. That'd be nice. Yeah. Barkley, um, I think, I mean, he's the most talented guy in this in this tier. Yes. Anywhere he goes, I think he'll be fine. He'll be, yeah. I think it with him, it's more like, is he as good as he was this past season, which ended up being RB13, wasn't incredible, wasn't like a, a smash start every single week, but was good overall. It could be that, or potentially if you go to the right situation, you could be a top five running back. So, anything else on this tier before we hop into tier six? No, it's a kind of another weird tier. You got two young guys and then the three vets. At, at there are a lot, like all three of them, I, or maybe not Pacheco and Cook, but Jacobs, Barkley, and Swift are the most interesting to me because, like you said, they could all three could go way up this list or way down. That's all she wrote for part one of our dynasty running backs. Part two is coming later this week. We're going to break down all the remaining guys in our top 24. There's going to be a glaring omission. Yeah, I'm just going to tease it right now. Is, is that how they do this in the big in the big leagues? They tease things. There's a name that maybe you would think would be in your top 24 that won't be. We're going to dive into that in the next episode, as well as everybody else in our top 24. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate all of you. Again, leave a rating and review wherever you're listening. It helps us out so much. It's so easy. That'll do it from this one. We'll see you in the next episode later this week.